Hey guys, welcome back to Mommyhood Redeemed. I am here with my good friend Vanessa. Hey guys. And I cannot believe that we are already in the midst of December and we're super close to 2020. And I saw a funny meme on Facebook the other day about our generation of 30-somethings saying that it feels like it was just 1980 just 20 years ago. (laughs) Well, it's crazy that 1980 was almost 40 years ago already. Oh my goodness. It me feel old. I just celebrated a birthday and just another reminder. Getting older. But as each new year rolls around, um, it really just, at least for me, makes me kind of refocus and rethink about just the things that I'm failing in and the things that I want to be striving towards. Um, and just as with probably the rest of the world resolutions that um, I want to make and strive towards this new year. Lauren and I thought that it would be kind of fun and encouraging and hopefully practical to talk about what kinds of resolutions we should be making as Christian women, wives, and mothers. Um, I think that the world is constantly bombarding us with the cultural ideas and messages of what we should be spending our time doing or how we should be investing our time or money. And although a lot of it can be good and not necessarily unbiblical, it might just be a neutral thing, we have to make sure that our hearts and our priorities are really aligned with what God would desire for us to pursue in 2020. We first want to say that, of course, you don't have to have a new year to strive towards something or to resolve towards Mm -hmm. anything. I think sometimes we think like, oh, I'm just going to wait to start this until, you know, the new year rolls around. Well, you don't have to. You could start tomorrow if you wanted to. Um, the Lord tells us in Lamentations 3 that his mercies are new every morning. That is one of my favorite verses. And I often preach it to myself after a rough day that, you know, tomorrow mm-hmm. is a new day and God's mercies and his grace is fresh for the morning. And it's such a comfort because the truth is, in our humanity, we're going to fail. We're going to slip up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to miss the mark. We're going to sin. And yet we don't have to wallow in that and Mm -hmm. sit in this, you know, self-pity. We can choose to get up and to start over again by his strength, knowing that we do have his new mercies and grace to sustain us each and every day. Um, I think that Lauren and I probably last year around this time, talked about Jonathan Edwards and the list of resolutions that he himself made um, and recognized that in his own strength he couldn't keep, but he was going to pursue these and he was going to do it through Christ's strength and for Mm -hmm. God's glory. And we really encourage you, if you haven't ever had the chance to read through them, or even if you have, just go back and read through them, look at them. I think that you'll be super encouraged and spurred on in your own pursuit of Christ. So what is a resolution and what does God have to say about them? Or does he even care about them? Um, According to the dictionary, it is a quote, firm decision to do or not to do something. So it's a promise. It's a desire. It's something that you are committing to do. You're running hard towards keeping it. So are Christians supposed to make them? And if so, how do we do that? Um, John Piper gave a great little sermonette about this very thing. And 
that's another thing that we would encourage you. You can just even go into Google and probably type in John Piper um, New Year's resolutions and you'll find it. It's really insightful and helpful. But we just wanted to share some of the wisdom and ideas that he pulled from scripture. And 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12, we read, With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make or count you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is exhorting the believer that when they're resolving to do anything, they need to start with prayer. And the same, I think, goes for you and I. We have to start there. We have to come before the Lord in humility, truly wanting to seek his wisdom and his desire with regards to what it would be that he would want us to strive after um, now and up, obviously for this upcoming year. And we just need to pray that our hearts' desires would align with what his are, that our hearts would be in tune with what scripture desires for us to pursue. Um, we want us to know that, you know, where it talks about how God gives us the desires of our heart. That's not God gives us, you know, whatever you want. No, when we're seeking and running after God, he's going to change our desires. He's going to put desires in our heart. So we know that we can start there, that we can um, know what his will is for us in scripture. We know that obviously there are things clearly written in the Bible that we should be pursuing after. Um, obviously we should be reading the word. We should be praying. We should be loving others. We should be sharing the gospel. We should be pursuing holiness in our lives. We should be putting off and putting on. But when it comes to more specific areas, that's where we should be praying and asking the Lord um, to really just kind of hone in on a specific area that we should focus on. And really seeing what God would lay on our hearts. He's faithful to do that. He's working in our lives. Maybe, you know, for you or me, it might be a specific sin that he's trying to help us battle and just fight against. Maybe it's a fruit of the spirit that he really wants you to strive towards showing in your life. Um, maybe it's boldness to share the gospel in the environments that he's given you. Whatever it is, just pray about it. Ask him to align your desires to his. And as it says in that verse that we just read in Thessalonians, it's him who is going to enable you to fulfill these resolutions through your faith for the glory of his name. And after you pray about it, here are some practical tips for making resolutions, much of which we drew from a blog article from Tim Challies. So make an actual resolution, not a wish or an I hope this works. You want to be committed to it. You want to firmly resolve, as Jonathan Edwards says, to do X, Y, or Z or not to do X, Y, or Z. You aren't wishing upon a star here. And you want to make sure that when you make these resolutions, that you aren't making too many. One to three is probably a reasonable, a reasonable amount of resolutions to commit to without feeling overwhelmed or setting yourself up for failure. When we make a whole list of them, chances are we won't keep any of them. And then you want to make those resolutions habits. And how do you do that? Here's what he said. Though you are more than your habits, you are certainly not less. Through most of life, you follow your habits. 
you do those things you have wired yourself to do. Whatever your resolution is, you need to prepare to turn it into a habit. Willpower is enough to get you started, but you will need habit to sustain it. Resolve to change your bad habits while also developing new and better habits. But be warned, changing habits takes both time and patience. So you will need to prepare yourself for a long and difficult battle. Next, you need a plan. You can't just say, I'm going to read my Bible every day or I'm going to pray every day. You really need an actual tangible plan. So maybe it is, I'm going to read one chapter of Psalm each day, or I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and pray for 10 minutes each day, etc. Um, you have to have a plan to help you succeed. Otherwise, you most likely will fail. And you want accountability. So share your resolutions with somebody, uh, a spouse, a close friend, a mentor, someone who can ask you how you are doing and hold you accountable and who you guys are willing to be honest with each other as well. And you also want to realize that there are going to be temptations, especially when we're resolving to be more Christ-like. The flesh is weak and the enemy is on the prowl. So be prepared for that and don't be discouraged in a setback or failing. Get back up because God's mercies are new every day and just begin again. And I love this. Um, Another thing that Chally said is plan in advance how you are going to handle those setbacks and temptations. Mm -hmm. I really love that. I think it's so important because if you have a plan in place, knowing that you will fail, you'll have a plan in place and, and it'll help you get back on track. So lastly, um, finally, as a Christian, I want to offer this pray, pray as you consider all the resolutions you can make pray as you choose one as your area of special focus, pray as you begin to work toward new habits, pray when you face temptation to slip away from those habits and pray to thank God when you see success, bathe your life in prayer and make those changes for God's glory, not your own. That was again from Tim Challies. I like that. Um, just a reminder that we should have a plan put into place. Because mm-hmm. I think we're so often just to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this more. I'm not going to do mm-hmm. this. But we don't actually have that tangible, okay, actually, this is my plan. And this is how I'm going right. to do that. So how do we really come to making our list of one or maybe two or three resolutions Um, that we're going to have. We want our resolutions obviously to be meaningful and purposeful, um, something that's going to make an impact ultimately in our walk with Christ and in our everyday life. But also that's not unattainable. Like you want to be able to, to grow and to actually Mm -hmm. see fruit and growth. Um, So we might want to first look and examine our life and see maybe habits that need to be broken or habits that need to be formed. Um, sometimes I think, you know, we need, we think we need to have the most, uh, outwardly spiritual resolution. Like I'm going to read my Bible for 30 minutes every day, which is great. And that is something that if that's what the Lord is, you know, prompting you that you need to have that commitment do that. But sometimes, you know, our resolution might not be a spiritual discipline, like, okay, I'm going to pursue this specific discipline, reading, praying, whatever, but maybe it's developing self-control in a certain area of your life, um, whether that's emotional eating or social media, um, you know, something along that same line, you know, maybe your phone. I know I have a lot of mm-hmm. um, 
I've talked with other women and think that it can become an idol. Um, Maybe it's you want to look in your life and just see, okay, these things, although I would never maybe call them an idol, like my phone or exercising or um, eating or whatever it is, when I look and measure it against, you know, my priority with the Lord, it's, it is an idol in my life and it needs to take a back seat. But obviously in our resolutions, our ultimate aim needs to be the glory of God. If we're going to do something because we want to draw attention to ourselves or because we want to, you know, a lot of people, most people's resolutions in the culture are, well, I want to better myself. You know, I want to do this for Mm -hmm. me. I want to be, it's all me, 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 but our resolutions and our pursuit of them needs to be for the glory of God. Because at the end of the day, the reason resolutions don't last for people is because there hasn't been an internal motivation. There hasn't been a heart Mm -hmm. change. And we need to remember that we've been given just this short time on earth for a specific purpose. And we're called to be wise in how we steward that time. Um, I read a, a article by Christina Fox and she said, we ought to be purposeful, intentional, and determined in the way we live. We don't want to waste a second of the brief time that God grants us on this earth. Um, the Apostle Paul spoke of his own work towards his life's goal in Philippians three twelve to 14. He said, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider mm-hmm. that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so look back at Jonathan Edwards' resolutions, maybe to help you to kind of give you some sort of direction. Um, If you read over them, you're going to see that they cover lots of facets of life. Uh, We just wanted to share a couple with you. Number seven says, resolve never to do anything, which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Um, Number 25 says, resolve to examine carefully and constantly what that one thing in me is, which causes me in the least to doubt of the love of God and to direct all my forces against it. Mm. Number 58 says, resolve not only to refrain from an air of dislike, fretfulness, and anger in conversation, but to exhibit an air of love, cheerfulness, and benignity. Number 67 says, resolved after afflictions to inquire what I am the better for them, what good I have got by them, and what I might have got by them. We can Mm. obviously learn from Edwards and others who have gone before us, and we can set ourselves up for a life of resolve, just like he did. It doesn't have to be a new year thing. It can be our life. We Mm -hmm. want to pursue these things. When he wrote these, he didn't write them for the new year or for a month. This was his life. Like this is what he wanted to strive towards until the day he died. And at the end of the day, his ultimate goal was the glory of God. He said, resolve never to do any manner of thing, whether in soul or body, less or more, but what tends to the glory of God, nor be nor suffer it if I can avoid it. And may all our resolutions begin with and be founded on that goal as well. So we too can resolve to make changes this year, but know, I think in the back of our minds that it's going to take a lifetime to grow in that spiritual discipline or that fruit of the spirit or that character trait or that battle of sin, whatever it is to make us more like Christ. And just like Edwards, we can check ourselves and look back throughout the years and say, wow, like, look at how far I've come. God is doing a work in my life and in my heart. And we can take away from him 
and imitate his dependence, Edwards, on God's strength and enablement to pursue these things, just like we talked about earlier. Uh, Before he started these resolutions, he wrote this, being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. Oh, man, he, I just love what God did in his life. It's such an encouragement to all of us. And so whatever your resolutions might be this year, no amount of resolve or good intentions is going to accomplish the work of the holiness in our lives without the grace of God at work. Thank him for the power of the gospel's transformation in our hearts and lives that motivates us to holiness and the pursuit of Christ's likeness in all facets of our lives. We can trust that the goals we set for this year, prayerfully decided upon, are being worked out on out in us through faith. What a gift it is to have the spirit indwelling in us and the power of grace at work in our lives. Thanks so much for listening today. We look forward to continuing on this journey with you guys next year in 2020 as we seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.